Welcome back to the Refugee Report. In this episode, we will be focusing on statelessness, a gap in citizenship documentation that afflicts an estimated 10 million people globally. Before beginning, we would like to warn you that the following information and audio may be disturbing, and listener discretion is advised. A stateless person, as defined by the United Nations High Commission on Refugees, is a person who is not considered as a national by any state under the operation of its law. In simpler terms, a stateless person is someone who, for various reasons, does not have legal citizenship of any country. Article 15 of the United Nations Universal Declaration on Human Rights actually contains a specific clause stating that everyone should have the right to a nationality and no one should be deprived of that nationality. Unfortunately, in practice, this right has not been implemented, thus leaving millions of people deprived of their citizenship. The lack of citizenship status can cause a wide range of issues. Stateless people may not be able to access healthcare, education systems, social benefits, or other governmental supports in the countries they are in. Listen to this clip of Joanne Kelsey of the UN Refugee Agency explaining the challenges stateless people face. In the United States specifically, a lot of stateless people don't have a legal identity. They don't have a document that, you know, that shows who they are. Some people have an expired passport. Um, but some people have nothing, and so it's it's difficult to get services if you don't have legal documentation. Some of the stateless people that I've met have been separated from their families and their loved ones for decades. Employment is very difficult. Um, some stateless people I've met have been homeless or have been near homeless. As you're listening to this podcast, I'd like you to take a second and consider your regular daily life as a citizen. Now imagine you cannot vote, access healthcare services, travel, attend school, open a bank account, get legally married, own property or a home, or even work. Think about the hurdles this would create in trying to have a normal life for you or your family. Stateless people face these challenges every day. In addition to these initial challenges, for those seeking asylum, statelessness can significantly further complicate the process, as they do not have the proper documentation to prove that they were citizens of their country of origin. We will further discuss the relationship between statelessness and the refugee process later in this episode. Often when we discuss challenges faced by refugees or asylum seekers, it's easy for these issues to feel depersonalized or detached from our own lives, as they're happening in countries far away from us or in diversely different environments. With the issue of statelessness, it is important to remember that that is not the case. Whether you're listening to this podcast from inside the U.S. or abroad, there are stateless people in your country struggling with these issues on a daily basis. Listen to this PBS NewsHour clip of an interview with Carlina Clow, a stateless person who has been living inside the U.S. since she was eight years old, when her family fled political turmoil and discrimination in the wake of the fall of the Soviet Union. Not being a citizen of any country in the world limits you for your access to your human rights. Without having a country that recognizes me, I don't have any laws that protect me. There's no embassy I can go to. There's no, um, I don't have access to travel documents. You don't have a passport. I don't have a passport. Which means you can't leave the U.S. I can't leave the U.S. I can't, yeah. So you have not been able to leave the U.S. since you were eight years old? Yeah. This is something that affects majority of stateless people. It's one common aspect. There's a lot of mourning with the status, mourning of things that you could have had, of things you could have been. Before we proceed, let's take a few steps back and evaluate how people get into this position in the first place. 
There are a number of reasons why a person may become stateless or simply be born into an environment where they never have the opportunity to gain citizenship. Many of these causes root back to discrimination due to gender, ethnicity, or religion. Each individual case of statelessness is unique and complex. However, for the purposes of this episode, we will mainly be covering three primary causes. The first and most common cause is gaps in a given country's nationality laws. Issues with how nationality is defined and established in certain countries can lead to statelessness. Gaps in definitions leave room for legal loopholes in which people in unconventional circumstances may become stateless. For example, many nationality laws revolve around descent from an existing citizen of that country. Thus, a child born to parents who do not have citizenship at the time of their birth may fall through the cracks in the legal system, ending up ineligible for any form of citizenship status. Laws regarding the inheritance of citizenship are often profoundly discriminatory. Based on recent United Nations metrics, laws in 27 different countries do not permit women to pass their citizenship down to their children. This creates a dangerous gap in citizenship policy for single mothers. Additionally, many citizenship laws are built to exclude certain races or ethnicities. Discriminatory citizenship legislation plays a significant role in the case of Syrian refugees, which we will be taking a more in-depth look at later in the episode. The second potential cause of statelessness is changes in international borders. When borders are redrawn, minority groups are at risk of being left out of newly formed states. These groups are left in a sort of limbo. They're not adopted by the new government responsible for the areas they live in. However, they're simultaneously no longer tied to the nationalities they were born into. In many of these cases, a simple lack of documentation to prove their link to their country of origin becomes the cause of statelessness. We saw this form of statelessness in 1991, when the former Soviet Union broke up. As Soviet citizenship ceased to exist and new states were formed within those geographical boundaries, many were lost in the legal confusion and left stateless. The final cause of statelessness we will be discussing in this episode is an outright loss of nationality. In this case, an overarching government voids a person or group's citizenship. Deprivation of nationality, or exile, has been known to be used as a tool for discriminatory actions. In these cases, it is most common that a whole population would become stateless based on their ethnicity or race. One example of this is the Syrian Kurds, who were stripped of their nationality by a discriminatory census classifying them as foreigners in 1962. As of this year, an estimated 1 in 12 Syrian Kurds remain stateless. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, statelessness is an issue that acutely affects refugees and asylum seekers. According to the European Network on Statelessness, just over 3% of all first-time asylum seekers are registered as stateless. However, it's important to note that due to the nature of the issue, many stateless people are unregistered, so the real figure is likely much higher. This issue of statelessness in refugee populations can be attributed to several different factors. First, refugees often have pre-existing complications in their legal status. They could be seeking asylum, applying for citizenship in a new country, or living somewhere that is not their country of origin. Second, refugees often come from populations that are already marginalized or discriminated against in their countries of origin. This can have serious implications on their citizenship status. It is also not uncommon to see refugees fleeing political persecution who have been stripped of their nationality. 
Finally, children born to refugee parents are posed with the highest risk of statelessness, as they don't have any pre-existing nationality to fall back on, and their parents' citizenship status is often unclear or just not of the country that they are born into. Furthermore, only half of the European countries accepting refugees have laws preventing childhood statelessness. If a person enters the process of seeking asylum but is stateless, it will often have implications on all aspects of their asylum process. This includes the eligibility and assessment of their initial asylum claim. If a stateless person is able to get their asylum case heard, their lack of formal citizenship status can further affect their eligibility for processes such as resettlement, family reunion, or naturalization. One primary problem that catalyzes a lot of these further issues is the lack of recognized documentation, like passports, citizenship cards, or birth certificates. Not having these documents makes applications, paperwork, and almost anything you need to prove identity for asylum applications infinitely more complex. In order to better understand this dynamic between refugee crises and statelessness, we're going to look into the Syrian refugee crisis, a refugee population that struggles widely with statelessness. As mentioned earlier, children born to refugee parents are at an acute risk of statelessness. Due to citizenship laws in Syria, this risk is even higher for the children of Syrian refugees. Extensive gender discrimination in Syria has led to laws that prevent women from passing their citizenship down to their children. Instead, the father is required to pass his citizenship on to the children. For single, refugee Syrian mothers, this is a huge issue. The United Nations estimates that 25% of Syrian refugee families have single mothers. Fathers are often absent due to political persecution, imprisonment, or because they've passed away due to the ongoing violence in Syria. Sexual violence also plays a role in this. Children conceived through rape or born to underage girls who've been illegally married to older men may also not be able to use the father to gain legal citizenship for their children, thus leaving them stateless. Children born to refugee mothers in countries where they cannot acquire citizenship through naturalization may also not be entitled to Syrian citizenship if the father is not in the picture. This leaves children in a state of political limbo in which no country will grant them citizenship status. Although the United Nations Convention on the Rights of a Child obligates governments to grant citizenship to any child born in their country who would otherwise be stateless, many countries do not adhere to this protocol, thus leaving countless children stateless. This lack of citizenship status creates a lasting problem, as children born to families in the asylum system may not immediately realize they are stateless. Only years later, when they attempt to return to their home countries and are not allowed in, will they be confronted with the issue of their citizenship status. Listen to this interview about a Syrian girl's experience growing up stateless in Lebanon. She is not a refugee, however, I believe her story shows an important example of how statelessness can affect every aspect of someone's life and how challenging it can be to overcome. I was born in Lebanon, and Lebanon they give you nationality only if your father is Lebanese. My parents are Syrian, my mom she's Muslim, and my father is Christian. In Syria, the marriage between different religion, Muslim with Christian, is illegal. So they run away from Syria, they got married in Lebanon, in Lebanon they cannot register their marriage. My sister, me, and my brother, we were born in Lebanon, but we could not register our, born, so our birth. So I don't have any document that says who am I. And to live without document, without existence, it's not just a document that you're going to put inside your wallet. 
it's much more than this. I started to write letters and emails. I started to Google. I started to write simple emails like a teenager that hoping and dreaming and searching for a new future. And I started to send it all over the world. Then it took me 10 years. And after 10 years sending my story over and over, over and over again, the only country that accepted our case was Brazil. The European Network on Statelessness has put together numerous resources to advocate for reforming the citizenship network and improving the issue of statelessness. To conclude this episode, I'll be discussing five actionable solutions that we can advocate for to improve this ongoing issue. The first is improved identification of stateless people. Many stateless people, especially children, do not even become aware that they are stateless until it poses issues to them later in life. Authorities in charge of the registration of these people need to increase their efforts to identify stateless people and educate those people on the rights they have access to and how to improve their situations. Second, increased protections for stateless populations need to be introduced. This would entail constructing dedicated legal procedures for processing and assisting stateless people. So once these people are identified, there would be a direct path in place for them to gain citizenship. Governments actually adhering to the United Nations Convention on the Rights of a Child and granting formerly stateless children born in their country's citizenship would fall under this category. Third, the provision of information and legal aid needs to be improved. Refugees and migrants affected by statelessness should have access to legal aid and advising to ensure they know their rights and know how to navigate this complex situation. Fourth, proper procedures of children's nationality rights need to be established. Stateless parents often risk passing their statelessness down to their children. Better protections need to be put in place to ensure every child receives a birth certificate and is registered with an established nationality at birth. Fifth and finally, countries must adopt flexible procedures to aid stateless populations. Statelessness is a complex and often case-specific problem. A one-size-fits-all approach will not solve it effectively. Procedures to process stateless people must be comprehensive and adaptable to the circumstances of their situation. Before concluding this episode, we'd like to recommend an organization combating statelessness that you can support. The Institute on Statelessness and Inclusion is a human rights NGO dedicated to promoting the right to nationality and the rights of stateless people globally. Their mission is to counter discrimination and intolerance in a way that protects everyone's right to nationality. Even if you are not looking to make a financial donation, I recommend you take a look at their website, where they have an extremely well-researched database on statelessness as well as an actionable five-year plan to combat the issue. Their link will be in the description. While we do recommend this organization, it is always important to do your own research before spending your money. That concludes this episode of The Refugee Report. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow us on Instagram at wartimeaid for additional content. Tune in next time to learn about the situation in Iran. As always, thank you for listening.